Okay, a very good morning to you all and welcome along to this morning's Northwest today. And we are broadcasting this morning live from the heart of Sligo Town from the wonderfully scenic Glasshouse Hotel overlooking the Garavogue River. And our show comes in two parts this morning. Between now and 10 o'clock, we'll be joined by five of the six councillors representing the Sligo Strand Hill electoral area. And after 10, we'll have live music to keep you entertained with Mark McGovern. And we'll be hearing from... Uh, the Bishop of Elfin, Kevin Dorn, and from Tommy Higgins, chairperson of Sligo Rovers Football Club. Uh, but between now and 10, to the main business at hand, uh, your local councillors, to give us an update of what they've been doing for the past uh, two and a half years and to hear what issues they have been prioritising. So before we start, we will listen back very, very briefly to what they had to say during the general or the local election campaign of 2019. I'm standing on my track record, Niall, of the work I've done over the last five years in the council, uh, a broad range of committees from community development to economic and infrastructure development around Sligo Town, and I've been particularly strong in relation to motions on the environment. I'm not going to give any promises because I, I, um, I've been around the last three and a half years. I don't turn up when it comes to an election. I have been a pro- progressive voice on the council, and if people want another progressive voice for another five years... Please vote Gino Boyle. I was both honoured and privileged to serve you in Sligo Borough Council before its ill-judged abolition in 2014. Honesty and integrity are two personality traits I hold very dear. I have always worked to the best of my ability to deliver on a number of local issues in our community while highlighting the important national issues that affect us. People know that I won't be fobbed off by officialdom. Over the years, despite attempts to silence me, I have helped to expose and highlight issues and decisions which the public had a right to know, and I make no apology for that. I served my apprenticeship at the coalface of local government and I believe that experience and my passion for Sligo will continue to serve and benefit the people of this community. The greatest issue that I have met on the doors is health service provision and the lack of funding for the ongoing development of Sligo University Hospital and the lack of of housing, social and affordable, for the many families that are on the housing list. Okay, well, some of those issues coming up uh, already on the text machine this morning. You heard uh, five of the six councillors there because uh, one of them wasn't a candidate back then. Sinn Féin's Arthur Gibbons was uh, co-opted onto the council in place of Chris McManus, who went on to become an MEP. So with us this morning are Councillor Gibbons, as well as Fianna Fáil's Rosalind O'Grady and Tom McSharry, people before Prophet Councillor Gino Boyle and Independent Councillor uh, Declan Bree. Um, Fianna Gael Councillor Sinead Maguire unavoidably absent uh, this morning. So... What are the main issues, the pressing issues? We'll start with maybe Tom McSherry on our, on our left here. Uh, well, good morning, uh, Niall, and good morning to your listeners. Uh, I'm delighted to be here this morning in the refurbished uh, uh, Glasshouse Bar. Uh, and again, uh, I would like to thank them for hosting uh, Ocean here today. And uh, I would like to thank you uh, for uh, uh, organising uh, this, which I think is, is a very good uh, idea to have an update from the councillors. Uh, in relation to myself, uh, I'm a town-based councillor. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a, a full-time office where anybody can come with any issue at any time. Predominantly, uh, my work is housing. Uh, I would do between 30 to 50 reps on housing uh, every week, uh, whether that's allocations, whether it's transfers, whether it's helping uh, people with HAP, Uh, applications uh, and again uh, the uh, ever-growing list of housing maintenance uh, issues and again that's subject to budget and we strive collectively uh, to try and appeal to uh, national government for more funding for housing maintenance and for grants. Uh, Again uh, I'm also involved in a number of community issues uh, assisting uh, local residents associations whether it's footpaths, whether it's resurfacing works, whether it's signage, uh, all the local nuts and of local politics mm-hmm. and then that leads us into the macro issues uh, which would include the continued development of the urban core uh, and one I think we've all collectively worked very hard on uh, in this term on Sligo County Council uh, starting with uh, a motion I put forward to meet the National Transport Authority to try and deliver on the badly needed S3 bus route and I'm currently uh, along with my colleagues in negotiations with the local link to try and bring a badly needed bus service to 
Maharaboy, Ballydugan, uh, the Caltra area, and service areas of Sligo Town that were previously served with a very good, viable, effective and affordable bus okay. service that uh, unfortunately is now uh, lacking. So that's just a brief summation. Yeah, all right, OK. And again, some of those issues cropping up already uh, this morning as they have been in the past few days. Uh, Declan Brink, what do you see as the main issues which have cropped up in your council term so far? Well, Niall, just generally, I suppose the councillor's work is, is never completed. As soon as one issue is resolved, another issue appears. Uh, issues that Tom has referred to, housing particularly, I suppose housing is the biggest issue for all of us, uh, not only in Sligo but throughout the country. Health is another big issue. And you will recollect, Niall, that during our pre-election debate, I particularly spoke about an issue which I felt was very important for Sligo. That was the issue about uh, vacant derelict uh, yep. buildings around town. Uh, there was a number of, uh, quite a number of vacant commercial properties. Sligo had the highest le levels of vacant retail and commercial properties in the country, and yet there was no penalty or no incentive to compel the banks and the financial institutions, which many, uh, which many of these buildings are owned by. Uh, time after time, I submitted proposals at council meetings, uh, seconded by Councillor Boyle, that rates be collected from these owners and that a long-term uh, uh, vacant property incentive scheme be introduced and I pointed out that these property owners were getting off scot-free and many of them were refusing to rent the properties to people who were interested in, in, in starting up businesses and in addition to providing much needed income for the council I pointed out that by collecting the rates from these long-term vacant properties we could also introduce the, the, the vacant property incentive scheme which would provide an incentive where the council could give rates relief uh, to new businesses to encourage the use of mm. vacant properties and on every occasion we Proposed this, uh, Gino and I, the initiative was voted down by the majority of councillors. Uh, however, thankfully, attitudes have changed and councillors have now voted to introduce the scheme. And it's regrettable that the, the scheme wasn't agreed to by the last council or by this council following the local elections. However, better late than ever, and I'm very pleased to see it introduced, and I think it will be extremely good for Sligo. And that's just one of the issues yeah. that I have okay. been campaigning uh, on over the hopefully years. Hopefully we'll get back to the dereliction issue uh, later in the programme. Uh, Gino, Ball, you said in the clip there in 2019 that you weren't in the business of making promises. No. Um, unfortunately, you see, when a lot of people get elected, they turn their back on the promises that they made. I think from the, the feedback we got on the door, they're listening to people saying that the whole time. So we went out with, the, I suppose, the idea that not to be making promises, just go out and work as hard as we can for the people. Again, as Councillor McSherry and Councillor Briott says, housing is a massive issue here in Sligo. Unfortunately, we have thousands upon thousands on the housing list and not too many yeah. houses to give out. You can see the bad need for houses to be built. And unfortunately, when you look around Ireland, there's 166,000 vacant homes. Right, OK. Uh, Rosalind O'Grady, is housing the main issue as far as you're concerned in your dealings with the, Absolutely. the public? Absolutely. And good morning, Niall, morning. and good morning uh, to the listeners. And as my fellow councillors have said, housing is a major issue, uh, an ongoing issue. And as Councillor Bree said, when one is solved, the next uh, person is on the list. And there's very many at this stage on, on that list. I was reared myself in a council house and my mother often described uh, getting her house in Tracy Avenue as winning uh, the sweeps at the time. So it's hugely important that people have a home and feel grounded in a community. So it's something that every day all of us work tirelessly to try and deliver housing for people. But having spent uh, 38 years of my working life in health, the ongoing provision of health services is a major issue. Yeah. And I have huge concerns at the moment for the ongoing development of Sligo University Hospital. Last week, there were surgical hubs announced throughout the country, one in Cork, Waterford, Limerick, Dublin and Galway. And again, Sligo has been left out. And that is a huge uh, concern for me. It's also a concern that over a huge number, over 50 of our consultants at Sligo University Hospital, for the first time that I have ever heard uh, consultants coming out so strongly about their issues and concern of staffing levels and equipment that's available to them at Sligo University Hospital. And I welcome that. And I welcome their honesty because they're, they're what they have in mind is the proper provision of health services uh, to the people. The ongoing staff issues is huge there. Yep. Many of my own colleagues uh, tell me on a day-to-day -day basis about how they work short nearly all of the time. 
we had a cardio cath lab uh, service, a mobile cardio cath lab service at the university hospital, and that now has been discontinued. We have the promise that we will get, get a cardio cath lab, yeah. and hopefully uh, that will come on okay. stream to serve the people of this area who so rightly are yeah. entitled to the same services as the people on the eastern yeah. and the southeastern okay, that, coast. That's one of the questions we're coming to very shortly. Arthur Gibbons, what are you finding from people you represent? What's, what are the main issues of concern? The main issue out there, and it's the same as everybody else at this table has spoke about, housing. Housing is a major problem that's out there. Most of the people that we have on the housing list, for starters, we have a lot of young families. We have young families out there in emergency accommodation. Some of this accommodation that they're in is adequate enough to, uh, to sleep and put a roof over their heads. But when it comes to the likes of... <coughs> cooking a meal for their children or whatever else they've only an allocated time within these accommodations and I think myself a reality this is an area that has to be looked at. I know that some of the hostels that's out there that have maybe an hour in the evening to prepare a meal for their family it's not a thing they can use the kitchen or whatever else on a regular basis and I think myself we need to get this sorted because the housing isn't going to happen overnight but the likes of these issues are small issues and they need to be dealt with one of the areas that I have inherited because when I did come on board I came on and I was co-opted onto the council in Chris McManus's position I says from day one I'd follow out the commitments that Chris had gave one of the commitments that one of the main ones that Chris had uh, put a lot of work into and his dad Sean would have been the top road in Strand Hill and that is something under health and safety I want to see through we've had good news on that, that there's, it's going to the design stage on the first quarter of 2003 and then it's going out to consultation after that and it's great to see the work okay. happening in relation to that. But there's other areas too that I'm on personal uh, piece or bits of work that I want to get done. Okay. I want to get Model Lane uh, upgraded. I want to see the pedestrian crossings going in and the likes of Horburn Street, things like that. You know, there's okay. a number of issues there. All right. There, okay, let's get to some specific questions from our listeners. Uh, we'll come back to the, the housing one in a moment because there's some interesting comments. Um, what are the councillors going to do or what can they do about the overcrowding at Sligo Hospital and what many see as the continued downgrading of our hospital. Uh, Declan Bree, do you want to take that one first because well, you made comments along I, I these lines earlier in the week. The other day, yeah. uh, you were talking uh, about, about a deliberate downgrading. Is that how you see uh, it? Uh, well, that's, that's the way a lot of people see it because the reality is that three and a half years ago, planning permission was granted for the construction of a 42-bedroom extension at the hospital yep. and yet there's been no indication from government as to when the funding will be provided to allow uh, construction to commence. And, uh, and as I said on, on your programme, uh, because of the government's continued failure uh, Failure to provide resources, the hospital doesn't have adequate staff, it doesn't have the necessary diagnostic medical equipment it requires, and because of the lack of sufficient beds, as everyone knows, it doesn't have the ability to absorb the number of patients who consistently end up lying on trolleys. Uh, ten years ago, I, I, I pointed out, like, the figures are there, yeah. there was 318 beds in the hospital, today there are 288, uh, and as Councillor O'Grady spoke about this at our last council meeting, a bed occupancy of 85% is generally considered to be the, the limit at which hospitals are able to work safely and effectively. However, Sligo has consistently had an average bed occupancy a rate of in excess of 100%. And this okay. is clearly unacceptable and it puts huge pressure on nurses and doctors. We have lost a cancer services, we have lost a cat lab service. Consultants have highlighted the fact that there's a shortage of equipment and staff and beds. We need to make our voices heard. Okay. But the reality oh. is that this government appears to be, if not ignoring okay. it, deliberately deliberately downgrading the hospital. Okay, well part of that question was, and who wants to take this up, is what, what can you do anything as a councillor uh, to change that, uh, Rosalind O'Grady. I think uh, by keeping it on the table and highlighting it, as all my colleagues do on an ongoing basis in our council uh, meetings, but I really believe strongly that it comes back to our four elected TDs uh, who go to uh, the Dáil uh, to represent this area, that they should not be accepting it either and that they should be in a better position than we are uh, to speak to the Minister for Health on an ongoing basis as regards the huge concerns that both staff and the people of this area have. Yeah. I'm always worried about uh, speaking about uh, mentioning the name or mentioning downgrading because I think that sends out a sense of fear to people and I don't believe that there's any commitment by government to okay. downgrade but services and staffing aren't coming quick enough okay. to this area all right okay anybody else in the hospital before we move on tom tom mccherry uh well uh, i think niall uh, to to be fair i think all the councillors 
have highlighted all these issues successively, individually and collectively for a long time. I know myself and my colleagues in Fianna Fáil, we met with the Minister for Health yeah. recently. We couldn't have impressed upon him uh, the importance of what people are crying out for. But, and I've said this before, it would appear, unfortunately, in Ireland, just by the way politics works, if you have a minister in an area, you get the funding. There is uh, an unfairness out there between the East Coast and the West Coast. The East Coast is top-heavy with development. The funding is going there. And unfortunately, because we're on the West and in, on the Northwest, it would appear to me there is a, a, a very evident imbalance. And I remember when the people were arguing for, for the retention of the cancer services, they drew a line across the country. Yeah. And anything north of that line was, was, was left uh, in, almost as a second-class part of the same country. And I think that's very unfortunate. But to me, it would appear that when you have a minister in an area, funding is delivered. We, we saw that in Waterford, where yeah. a, an independent member of the last government demanded a, a cat lab and got it. And that's unfortunate, and it's okay. unfair. All right, OK. Um, in, in relation to the housing, you all mentioned the housing issue is probably the, the main one affecting people. This person is suggesting there are lots of houses that the county council can give out in the county. All they have to do is do them up. Is that the case, Gino, Boyle or not? Or? Well, no, we had a housing SPC meeting recently and there's no long-term vacant homes that the council could just turn upon and do up. I think Geldof Drive is the last one, but that's going to be part of the regeneration. Um, <clears throat> it it depends on what numbers you go by, whether it's the census, CSO, or the council's own figures yeah. about vacant houses in Sligo, uh, private ones. I think with the amount of money that's being pumped in for private landlords, I think money should be put aside to buy houses, uh, fix them up, retrograde them, or retrofit them, and then start allocating. Again, like I says, we have thousands on the housing list and our emergency accommodation is full. And when it comes to April, when all the, uh, the ban or the eviction uh, ban is lifted, I think we're going to see an avalanche of housing. I was listening to a podcast from uh, Rory Hearn, and it, 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 for a stark reading, really. Uh, is, that the, is that the case, Arthur Gibbons, that there are properties out there which could be used? I don't think so, Niall. To anything, ease the housing crisis. Anything, anything that's out there which wouldn't be under the control of the council means that they'd have to go in and actually uh, purchase the property, a CPO or whatever else. There's an option that's out there with people if they come across a derelict property that there is a grants available. There's 20,000 towards the purchase of it and 30,000 towards doing it up. And that's an incentive that is put into place and I think it has to be welcomed because any properties that is there, because... <coughs> Any properties that is out there, the council, yep. anything that the council has, they're using, they're making good use of. But what is actually, what we do see out there at the moment is the lack of housing. And I think even myself, I mentioned it there at a meeting at the council there recently, that the way forward, even within relation to the government and the house bills that they want to do, they want to start re looking at the planning uh, laws within the country. They want to go back to the masonettes. Yeah. And that's exactly what the accommodation, because the one thing about the masonettes accommodations, a lot of families got starts in Sligo. We'd done away with Dooley Park and we had two sets and we had Dooley Park and we had Federer of Lanning and we'd done away with the Dooley Park one. And it was a bit, it was a massive loss. It gave family starts, young families, and it put a roof over their heads. And we should be going back to that again. And we shouldn't, maybe, it doesn't even have, to, we want to look at it in such a way. Don't look at the whole idea of it being a two-story house. Yeah. I've seen them three and four stories elsewhere and that's exactly what we should be looking at and I think if the right management is putting over places like that it would work and as well as that it means that the, tenant, that the tenants of it will be um, held responsible for okay. the running of their own area and I think we thought that it would be an added bonus right. but as it is at the moment Niall it's this whole thing a building house and we know there's a massive shortage of us but we're still looking at the one the two the three bedroom house okay all, all sorts of issues all sorts of sorry council engineers have been carrying out a survey in the town over the last nine months or twelve months yeah. and last month we were advised that there are currently in excess of 240 houses vacant in the Sligo urban area and you know this is clearly unacceptable in the midst of a housing crisis and I appreciate that in some cases there will be genuine reasons for vacancies such as refurbishments workers or the temporary absence of the owner for medical reasons or whatever. However, it's clearly unacceptable to have so many houses vacant during a crisis. When the council uses its compulsory purchase hours, the, the powers, the, the market value has to be paid for the owners of long-term vacant properties. So we're not talking about seasoned dwellings. What we are talking about is buying them, paying a reasonable
reasonable price uh, how, and we're talking about houses that have been vacant for over a year and which aren't for sale and in many cases are detracting from neighbourhoods. The okay. council does have the power to use these compulsory purchase powers. Other okay. counties use them, Louth in particular, and, and you know, in, in the context of using compulsory purchase powers, uh, it actually encourages owners of long-term vacant properties to, to either put them up for sale or put them, you know, okay. out for rent. All right, okay. Um, roadworks and footpaths is coming up on our text machine this morning. What is happening in Sligo? Is, is it all part of the regeneration of the town and how do the councillors feel about it? Anybody want to take that? Uh, Arthur, give well, us. I just take it in the aspect that there has a fair bit of money, but in fairness, and I have to say it, on Sligo uh, Strand Hill uh, District Council, there's uh, six councillors and there's a lot of that works that we have all pulled together to get some of that works carried out yeah. because there is a fund in there that we can dip into. It's not very much, but we accumulated together. We've done it. There's... Um, uh, five is here of the six councillors six of us got together even there a project that happened to Carter Knights and it was a stretch of road that was going in that was completely deteriorating and each one of us allocated in the 3,000 each into it from a funding that was there and okay. that brought up to 18,000 to get that works done. The same is happening with Rose Hill at the moment and within other areas. Now I'm not saying that's the answer to the whole lot yeah, okay. but it is, it just shows as well that extra bit that can be done. Okay, because but I think that the question is more to do with, with the roadworks which seem to be just going on all the time and the wider footpaths which a lot of people don't see some sense well, in. The only thing I would say in relation, Nile, it's a great thing. We have to welcome uh, the likes of roadworks going on. As for okay. the footpaths, and I know a lot of people, including myself, have major concerns. I think we're going too much concrete. I think it's nearly like okay. a concrete All jungle. Right. And it's nearly putting the idea of somebody to come and shop in Sligo and bring their car with them. It's nearly putting them off the okay. idea of coming there. To All right. And Did that's on a personal. Uh, All right. That's exactly the type of thing that I'm getting as well out there. Okay. I don't know about the other councillors. The new plan for parking at the promenade on the seafront in Strand Hill. Are you in favour of such measures or not? This person wants to know. And this is, I think, the official title is the, the Strand Hill Public Realm Enhancement Project. Is that it, Tom McSharry? Um, well, I have to say, Nyland, I might be going against the grain. I am steadfast against uh, this current proposal uh, that has gone forward to uh, Part 8 planning. Uh, the public will have another chance uh, to make submissions on it, but I will be voting against it. I will be campaigning against it in the strongest terms, I think. And so many people in the community of Strand Hill so many people from Sligo have said to me, why fix something that's not broken? It's lovely out there at the moment. Uh, uh, it is vital for so many people to drive out, drive up, park up, have a coffee, enjoy the ocean. And they're going to take so many parking spaces from the shorefront, I believe, going forward. They will destroy uh, uh, everything that is beautiful about Strand Hill. And there's another stronger point here, Niall, that we are... Next year, going to open a surf centre of excellence, one of the top surf centres in Europe, a surf centre that could attract yep. world uh, uh, championship events for surfing. And with the, the parking that we have out there in Strand Hill, as it is at the moment, will be very uh, will will be badly needed going forward. So I'm against this proposal. Okay, you're against it. Okay, are, are the rest of the councillors for it, or Rosalie Well, are There's very mixed views on it, yeah. and um, I mean I've spoken to people who's for it. I've spoken to people who are against it. Uh, if I go to Strand Hill, I often go to Mass and Strand Hill, and I never come home without going down, turning, and coming up down to the seafront and coming up. So <clears throat> there has been major problems and, and uh, a lot of consultation has taken place but at last Monday's meeting of the borough which I chaired uh, it, has it was decided that it would go to a party so what it's down to now is uh, going to the council and, and seeing what the general feeling or the feeling of the council is as, regard, as regards uh, thing, but it has been an <coughs> ongoing issue with people who fear that mm. that uh, thing of driving down and looking out at the ocean and then you have another band of people who say footpath is narrow if people park uh, in the car park that's there and comes down that it will be better so look, it's open, I'm not going to predict what the vote is okay. going to be All 
all right. at, okay. at the council Any, Anybody else in right, Declan Brian? You know, in the period since it was confirmed that the council secured funding for, from the Rural Regeneration and Development Fund to prepare a, a public realm project for the Strand Hill Shorefront and Shore Road, there's been a huge uh, level of public consultation on the matter. I, in fact, I don't remember anything like the level of public consultation there's been on this particular project. And one of the aims of the project is to readdress the balance between pedestrian and vehicular activity so as to create a safer environment for locals and for visitors alike. And we, we received an update, as Rosaline said, uh, on this last Monday, uh, which hopefully will address the, the, the genuine concerns of, of everyone. Uh, the, 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 the meeting agreed that it should go to Part 8, to the yep. planning process, and now we will allow the, the public to come in for yet another consultative process. But, like, time is dragging on. Uh, this funding is there. Uh, there, are, there are people out there who say we shouldn't seek any funding, should we just leave Strand Hill as it is? I certainly am not in favour of that. I, I think pedestrians have rights as well as motorists. Okay, all right, okay, we'll move on. And I know Councillor McSharry has to depart very shortly, but I'll fit all sorts of questions coming in from Cranberry Generation to taxi services to, uh, again, footpaths, public seating is coming up as well. But I want to ask you all maybe one question before we take our first break. Um, and I suppose it's an issue which is close to your heart. Do you favour the return of Sligo Borough Councillor or not? Uh, Arthur Gibbons, you were on the, you've been on I both think, councils. I think that... Uh, and I think the question is, is... I think is, the six of us here, I feel myself that what we had with the Borough Council, we had 12 councillors that lived within the community. The 12 councillors represented that community of the borough. And I do feel myself... But do you not still do that on Sligo County Council within we this do, electorate? No, I'll tell you exactly where it is. It's a situation, the Borough Council was completely a different body altogether. It had its own budget. It's its own, but i seen a budget there of upon 20 million that we actually used to, and the mayor was responsible, signed off on that at the time. We had our own estimates meeting. We decided, as the 12 councillors living within the town, we listened to the people and what was best for the town and that's what we always went with. It was more uh, family and nearly orientated because the one aspect to it, the whole community integrated with the councillors on an, an everyday basis and that is something that is missed and okay. because of that there is an awful lot of employment that was gone we had a borough council working staff yep. we had them out there we had them doing the roads we had them doing house repairs we had everything there we had our own uh, um, town hall there which was the centre of local uh, government within the borough and I feel myself since we lost that an okay. awful lot of people has lost sense of politics and okay. the feel themselves in relation that the county council is too big of an animal okay. compared All to right. that. Ro Rosalind O'Grady again you've been Mira Sligo you've run the borough council over many years is it a loss to the general area? I think it's a huge loss and it was a huge uh, retrograde step and I never forgive Phil Hogan uh, for abolishing a borough council uh, he did it and the four throughout the country and it was hugely retrograde as councillor gibbons has said we had our own budget we were in touch with the people and now you go to a county council meeting some people far removed from the borough area so to me it gave great protection to the ongoing development of the town and borough area okay uh, tom mcsherry and then Declan and um, yeah, I, I'd agree, Niall, and I think anybody, uh, any of us that were on the Borough Council have, have campaigned for, its, uh, for, for the, the, the government to reverse the decision. It all uh, emanated from the 2014 Local Government Reform Act, and I think there was five Borough Councils in Ireland, and if you go into any county that previously had a Borough Council, they'll all say the same thing, that it was a retrograde step. The Borough Council in Sligo was a fiscal local authority. It was a good local authority. It was good for community. It was good for the town. And the reality here is this. The decision makers and the architects of the legislation now realise that it was a retrograde step. I know everybody in Labour has, has felt they made a mistake, <coughs> a lot of people in Fianna Gael and in Fianna Fáil. So there wasn't uh, savings made uh, in the abolition of the borough councils. And I go a step further as well. I think they should bring back the town councils as well that serve their communities very, very well. And what we have done now in Ireland is contrary to what happens in other EU states where local government is brought down uh, to the, the local community, the local area. 
the councillors in the local area, they know the issues on the ground. And now, as my colleagues have said, we have one county council that is urban and country all mixed together. It doesn't serve the county and it doesn't serve the town. So okay. I would be uh, all for the, the, the return of the borough and oh. the town councils. All right, OK. Declan Bree, I think your views uh, on this have been uh, well known over many years. Absolutely. The, the decision by Fine Gael and the Labour Party to abolish Sligo Borough Council and all the other town councils in the country uh, was an attack on local democracy and on urban communities throughout the country. Uh, local government in the borough of Sligo existed in one form or another for, for over 400 years. In addition, to, in addition to it being that the system of, of, of local government that was closest to the people, it was also very much part of Sligo's history and heritage. And despite this, Fine Gael and Labour had no hesitation in wiping it out just overnight. Uh, the Council of Europe, Nile has strongly criticised Ireland for its lack of constitutional protection for local government, and they have emphasised the importance of town and borough government. Uh, recent studies have shown clearly that our town and borough councils were the most efficient element within the Irish local government system. Uh, Dr Ray Quinlivan, the Director of the Centre for Local and Regional Government in Cork University, uh, who was recognised, I suppose, as the foremost expert on local government in Ireland, yeah. has said, has highlighted the fact that local authorities in smaller numbers don't save, or, or larger local authorities in smaller numbers don't save money. Sligo, Sligo Borough Council was, was, in the, it was in the black when we were abolished. Sligo County Council was a basket case. It, it was up to his councils in, in, in debt. And we're still paying off that debt. And the people of Sligo are, are paying that debt. And, and, and I think all of us will agree. And we have, we, have, we have adopted numerous motions since the establishment of the Borough District calling for the re-establishment of Sligo Borough Council. And, you know, that's, that's right across the board. All six of us have called for the restoration of Town and Borough Councils. And hopefully, hopefully, National Government will, in due course, bring okay. back... All right, and just before we take the break, it's before your time, Gino, but uh, were you a supporter or a supporter oh, of yeah, you can hear the, my the Borough Council? It leaves a sour taste in their mouth. I think powers were kind of restricted now that we amalgamated with the County Council, so I'd be in favour of bringing it back. Uh, this person says, um, yeah, I, I thought the municipal districts replaced the Borough Council. They did, but they're not fit for purpose, according to what our uh, councillors are saying this morning. Someone else says, uh, cheekily, yeah, bring back the Borough Council. I wanted to be elected with a couple of hundred votes. Uh, you needed more than that, I think, to be elected to the Borough Council. Right, we'll take a break. Lots more to come. Lots more issues. We'll get to as many as we can before the end of the programme. Uh, join us again live in the Glasshouse Hotel in a few moments. Niall Delaney with good conversation and where your opinion matters. Call with your comments on 0818 365 500 or text 083 3500 530. Ocean FM. Ocean FM. Right, okay, welcome back. We're live at the Glass House Hotel with the uh, councillors from the Sligo Strandhill electoral area. Uh, this person says, I live outside Sligo. Uh, I was listening to the councillors' pre-election promises. Every topic mentioned has got so much worse to emergency situations. It's all long-winded stuff as far as I'm uh, concerned. And these are just a sprinkling of some of the, the uh, issues and comments uh, being raised. Yeah, I agree. Bring back the local borough council, even for uh, handling the, the refuse situation. What the likes of private companies are charging every month. Uh, is absolutely crazy and they should take that back under their control uh, as well, says this person. Uh, compulsory purchase orders, is that not uh, a way of moving forward in relation to creating more housing, says this person. Uh, someone else says, uh, fascinating listening to the councillors this morning and they all seem to be singing off the one hymn sheet in relation to the housing problem. Uh, if that's the case, why did all these councillors not attend public meetings arranged to tackle the problem? I think only three out of six attended. Where were the rest of them? Uh, regeneration of Gibraltar to bring it back to its former glory. Somebody else wants to know about that. It goes on and on. But I want to ask you about regeneration in general. Are you happy? And someone during the week uh, sent in this following question that most of you talked about the regeneration of Sligo Town during the last local election campaign. What progress do you think has been made on this? Um, Arthur, do you want to start off with that one? Yeah, no problem with that. I think myself that there's a huge amount of work has been carried out above in Cranmore on the, uh, what you call it, Cranmore Place and Cranmore uh, 
Primer Place and Primer Drive has already after being done. The Reverend John Fallon Drive, Joe McDonald Drive at the moment. The retrofitting is absolutely a fantastic job. It's bringing about this clean energy. It's going to a stage and it's a more efficient energy. I know electricity is out through the roof, the price of it at the moment, but if you put it towards coal or uh, fossil fuels, it's actually relevant, relevantly cheap to heat their homes. The work yeah. that is carrying out is bringing their house right up to the standard of brand new house, high BR rating, and I think that has to be welcomed. A lot of house that's out there that comes back into the council's possession before it's handed out, that work as well as carried out on those houses. And it's leaving, it's leaving for a cleaner environment as well for the people that has them. I'd okay. love to see it being done on a bigger scale. I know that funding can be sought and can be got for it on a bigger scale, but they don't have the manpower and the expertise okay. to carry it out. All right. The dereliction you mentioned, Councillor, bringing your opening remarks, is that that is still a major problem, as we well know. It is in Sligo. indicated we are now, uh, or rather the council is now going to impose uh, rates, collect rates yeah. from the owners of, of, of and, vacant And that's going buildings. to make, it, make a that difference. That will make a difference. It will certainly concentrate minds that owners, banks, building societies, speculators, when they realise that they're, they're, not, they're not getting an off anymore scot-free, they, 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 they'll think twice. Because the reality, Niall, is that ordinary householders have to pay a tax on their home, on their home. And you have banks and building societies sitting on huge commercial properties in the centre of Sligo and they haven't been paying a red cent for years. And time year after year I was calling for this to be imposed, to, 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 to introduce rates, to impose rates on them and collect rates from them. Every other business has to pay rates. They were getting off scot-free. Now at last councillors have come around to our way of thinking and the majority of, all of the councillors now are in agreement with it. We're imposing rates and we also have the long-term incentive scheme which will actually encourage new business to open up. It, I think that this is very positive, but it's going to take time to kick in. Right. Because I know when these rate demands arrive out uh, 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 through, the, through the letterbox in the next few months, they're, they're, the, 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 the landlords and owners aren't going to rush in to pay it because they were getting these bills for the last seven, ten years and they ignore them. But now it's a, different, it's a different system and we have a new chief executive officer whom I believe is going to follow up and ensure that the funding is provided. So it will provide us with a significant amount of additional funding in the coffers. It will also remove their election. All right, okay. Rosalind Grady, are you confident as to the continued redevelopment of Sligo or has well, it lagged behind I think, in recent I years? I think wonderful work has been done. Uh, over the, certainly when I reflect over 20 years uh, certainly wonderful work has been done and I think regeneration has been positive. If we go over to Cranmore and see what has been delivered there it certainly has been welcome, uh, the ongoing upgrading of homes for people and, and the improvement of the surrounds. The regeneration of Gibraltar is something very yeah. very very close it's, to my heart. It's and coming I up here this morning on the, on the text machine. Yes and during the pandemic uh, we've seen at first hand how useful uh, Gibraltar, or as we locals would call it, the rocks, uh, had been to people. Um, I would have spent my childhood, uh, as I know the other councillors here around me would have done the same. My childhood, it was, it was our coast to Delisal, when we had no cars to go to Ross's Point or Strand Hill, the rocks uh, was beside us. So I would love to see that uh, being upgraded. And uh, both myself and my other colleagues that are here have brought it to the table in Sligo County Council. And I am hopeful uh, that the manager will see uh, to uh, getting something uh, done for it so that the people okay. uh, can use it again all, all right, as uh, a terrific amenity. Gino Boyle, I'm sure you're aware of areas that need investment yeah. in, in the general <clears throat> lecture area. I, I think the, the work in Cranmore has been really good and I think it should have finished in 2025. I think you can see the need for a, a, a bigger regeneration further afield. I'd be pushing for the FBCR area, going back to the old community games area, Fort Hill Valley, Thibner, Rapprotten and Cairton. I think that there's a massive need for investment, whether it's through housing maintenance, windows, doors, insulation. Uh, a lot of rules need to be redone because there has been a, a lack of investment over the last couple of decades in these houses or these areas in particular. And you need some community green areas as well. I know there was a big issue down in Carterton trying to get a community playground in, but the cost of insurance yeah. alone was like 25000 a year, so not too many people can afford that. Right, OK. And there's a question in relation to the Queen, Mayor, Queen Maeve Square development, the redevelopment of Stephen Street Car Park. Are you in favour? Do you welcome that or not? Can you speak on that first? Uh, Gino, that yeah. I was totally against it at the start. You were against it? Yep. Um, unfortunately, Queen Maeve has nothing to do with the centre of Sligo Town. Were you against the, the development or the naming? No, the naming. The naming, OK. The naming. Oh, it's great to see that development in there. I work in that general area as a bouncer in the Garavogue. 
and the fact that we're going to have our own place now which is going to have concerts weekly or monthly yeah. is going to be a fantastic venue for the town and it's going to be I suppose something that was maybe 10 years behind unfortunately it was cancelled twice but I, just with the naming of it I, I thought they could have kept the name the Garavogue Square maybe because it's one of the oldest rivers in Ireland the 13th century ran through the town the town was built around it so unfortunately that wasn't the case but I was definitely against the naming of it from the Queen Maeve uh, okay. point of view Would you still be against the naming of it? 100% I was yeah. against it I, I was against it at the name placing committee I didn't want it that way I had it, I had it called I think the Garavogue Square Garavogue Plaza at the time but unfortunately that didn't work out Okay De- Declan Bray, you welcome that development and the name. Well, I certainly of... welcome the development, but I wouldn't get excited over the name. It, it doesn't really matter to me what the, what they call it. it, it, it look, at it, it's a decision has been made. Lord okay. Falch is putting up the money for it, putting up a fortune for it. They they carried out surveys all over Europe, never mind in Ireland, and they came up with this Queen May proposal. Uh, why not Queen May? Uh, I have no problem with that. And Niall, if I just might comment also on the the Gibraltar thing or yeah. the rocks, uh, sure. you know that. For years, as Rosalind pointed out, Gibraltar was a huge popular recreation area. However, in the years before before the wastewater treatment plant was constructed, the area became neglected with little or no maintenance being carried out. People didn't use it. And you then, when, you, when the COVID restrictions were imposed, uh, people again began to use Gibraltar and, and recognised its benefits because it's so close to the yep. town. And in this context, I think it was realised that refurbishment works were required so as to ensure the health and safety of people using the, the facility. Now, many members of the public will approach us and they're at a loss to understand why the council cannot just reinstate the paths and steps that were originally in place at Gibraltar. And if the council could do it 70 years ago, what's the difficulty now, people are asking. But, of course, today, Niall, we live in different times. Gibraltar is located to come in Strand, which is a special area of conservation and a, a special protection area, which makes it much more difficult to carry out even the even minor works. And, you know... Uh, our engineers are doing their best. I actually yeah. met on site out there with, with, with a number of the engineers and, and the environmental consultant only uh, a month ago, and they're considering sort of the impact the proposed works on the, on the SP, uh, would have on the SAC and the SPA. God, it's hard to know what all the initials now, yeah. and I think people are really confused with them. But I am hopeful that we'll see some progress on the project next year with at least a provision of a refurbished or new pathway and, and safe access to to see. I think that's very important yeah. and it's important that we get the funding for Alright, okay. All sorts of issues coming up and we haven't possibly time to get through them all. Uh, the public seating bus shelters coming up as well. Uh, public seating bus shelters, Rosalind well, Grady. Bus shelters uh, certainly is an issue and um, buses are a major issue. And yeah. we in the Sligo Strand Hill area represent the Mahraboy area and in years gone by uh, there was a bus shelter in Mahraboy and there was a bus service and now there's neither. And we have met, all of us councillors have met the NTA as regards the provision of, of the bus and the provision of it going up uh, the Mahraboy area and as of yet we have hit a wall on it. 13 buses a day go out the Strand Hill Road to Strand Hill. I have asked, and as so as my fellow councillors, that even if four of them, if three of them, could go up and bring in the Mahraboy area and reinstate a service that was there for people in the past, but we seem to be hitting a wall and they seem to be kicking the can down the road uh, continually. Now, at our last council meeting, uh, it was asked uh, that uh, the NTA would be contacted again and looking again for the provision of that S3 and that S2 that some of us would go, go up uh, and cover Tracy Avenue, Jinx's Avenue, Mahraboy and Ballydugan and that general area that's completely left out now without okay. a service. And there's also a part of the Strand Hill Road uh, without service also. Okay. So uh, bus shelters, yes, much needed. Some of the areas are difficult to put a bus shelter in place and we respect that and we understand that. But certainly in the new year, uh, we as a group of councillors have certainly said we will be leading out again uh, to get the NTA to meet us and at this juncture to get some action from oh, them. Okay, Arthur Gibbons, you wanted to... Was it the public? No, I think that there is bus shelters. I actually only rose there last week about uh, the one there on the Rosses Point Road, which is wide open to traffic coming in. Uh, I have to question some of the areas that's actually getting bus shelters ahead of areas like that. We have over at um, yeah. Clarion Road, you have 
have uh, over there, you have people there, you have workshops there for people with disabilities, you have students gathering there, yet they're standing out in all types of weather in, um, uh, with no shelter whatsoever. And the other aspect, and Councillor O'Grady is right on what she did say about the uh, NTA and the bus route to uh, Boy. Is the people in Boy or that direction, are the second class citizens or something? Because reality to it, it all boils back, Nile, to a fact that that always had a bus service until a number of years ago. And then it was just taken away. And for, for a, a, a funded, how would you call it, a, a state-funded body, yeah. right, uh, like Bus Ayrton, to take that away and the NTA even then uh, not look on this as being a priority with the amount of elderly people and okay. middle-aged people that is in that area and they're being denied a bus service. Okay. They're being denied the right to go over the town. All right. A lot of those people uh, we'll, don't even have the price of okay, the tax we'll, we'll to go to the hospital. We'll just stick one more issue else. in before we, we ask for a wrap-up. And, and Declan Bree, I'll, I'll put it to you. A number of questions coming in in relation to High Street. People saying, what is happening with High Street? You know, I, I presume they're talking about the... Is it lack of development in High Street or the dereliction in High Street? Possibly. The, yeah, well, as we yeah. know, there was, uh, there was significant plans for the development of High Street before the crash. Yeah. Uh, and clearly, once the crash came, uh, all that type of development, not only in High Street, but throughout the country, it stopped. Uh, and it's, uh, the, the properties are in, in private ownership. Uh, the council can only encourage private owners to develop. Uh, I think the original plans for quite a number of retail uh, outlets in High Street, I think in, in terms of modern-day shopping, I don't think you're going to see that uh, happening. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I assume that new plans will have to be submitted by the owners, but all we can do is wait and, and encourage them. All right, OK. Uh a couple of, just a, a minute each, if you will, to, to finish off, just on what you feel needs to be done, what your priorities will be for the remainder of your term in office, 2024, the next local elections. Arthur Gibbons, what would you prioritise? My priority Ireland? would have to be housing. That's exactly, and it's my party, it's, that's what we've pushed. And I do know it's every councillor that's actually on the borough council, or the Sligo's uh, Strand Hill District, that it is their priority. The other end of that, I would have the upgrading of all the council homes that needs to be done. And the other aspect that I would like to see in relation to it, I would like to see better transportation put in place for people with disabilities. Yeah. I've written at the moment to the NTA in relation to the taxi uh, services to find out at, uh, how many disabled taxi services is operating within Sligo uh, District, the Sligo Strandale and Sligo uh, County. And I'm waiting on a word back from that. But I do know myself that it is ver- it's very little is what's out there. I know a number of people okay. who are use has contacted me in relation okay. to this service. It just doesn't seem to exist. Okay. All right. Rosina Grady, what needs to be done, do you think? What's the... Well, I think the, the issues that has been covered here this morning, all of those need to be continued. And I look forward uh, to keeping, uh, especially Sligo University Hospital, the ongoing development and the ongoing upgrading of services and equipment at Sligo University Hospital to, uh, for the people of this area and surroundings, that they would have a similar service uh, that what's available uh, to the people uh, on the eastern coast and from Galway, uh, south of Galway. I also believe that housing is a major, major issue. It has such social implications for all our people. We need social and affordable housing, but also we need housing uh, built uh, for people who want to buy their home. people who are not eligible uh, for uh, social housing and affordable, uh, that there would be homes uh, built for them uh, that they could start out on the property uh, ladder and provide their own homes. I was looking at a woman last night on television who had her deposit saved, who had uh, her mortgage granted but no building of Mm. private houses in the area. Now, I'm glad to say that from the 1st of January, the income threshold uh, for people uh, seeking local authority housing is gone up, for example, a a mother and two children, it's gone up to 31,000. That's some help, because it's very difficult for people, if they work any time at all, to be under the threshold that makes them eligible for housing. Gino Boyle... Thanks, Nigel. Just thanks for inviting us here this morning. Uh, big thanks to the staff at the Glasshouse and hello to my mother, who I'm sure is listening. But um, all I can do is what I've been doing the last couple of years, be a voice for the voiceless. As fellow councillors have said, push for housing. You can see the bad need for it, but also child and adult mental health issues. We lack a staff here in Sligo. That's another big issue that we have. Again, we have the hospital. We need for workers' wages to rise, along with the cost of living prices. Uh, 
I, I suppose just be there for when people need you. So thanks very much. Yeah, yeah, and the cost of living issue is coming up again a lot on our uh, messages this morning. And finally, Declan Bree. I think you know the, the housing crisis is, is, is huge. It's causing uh, huge distress, anxiety, and despair to people here in Sligo and in communities across the country. Uh, government uh, housing policy is the cause of the housing crisis. Homelessness, ever-growing waiting lists, and extortionate private rent levels are the symptoms. And as I've said time and time again, universally accessible public housing is the cure, the solution to permanently end the housing crisis. And you know, government housing policy works very well for, for those who it's designed to benefit the, the speculators and the corporate landlords and the hedge funds. Nile, there are in excess of 1,400 people on the housing list here in Sligo. This year, there are six council houses constructed, six completed in Bunnanadden. That tells you uh, the, uh, how, how government is delivering housing in Ireland. We now need a major public house building programme funded by the state and controlled by the local authorities. That's the reality. Other issues, Nile, the health system, the hospital services, we really yeah. need to keep those prioritised. And then other issues, as we've touched on, the, the refurbishment of Gibraltar, the S3 bus service, uh, and of course one issue we didn't get around to, which is very close to my heart, Sligo Harbour and Sligo Port, yeah. the development and the refurbishment. Yeah, actually the, the, came the, up as well, yeah, area. Yeah, okay. That's a huge issue, but okay. they're just some of the issues. All right, now. I'd like to thank all five councillors for joining us uh, this morning. I'm assuming all of you will be running again, so if that's the case, we'd like to uh, wish you well with that uh, in due course. Uh, that ends the first part of our show this morning. Uh, we're going to take our 10 o'clock, our brief 10 o'clock news now. So join us back here live at the Glasshouse Hotel in Sligo in less than 10 minutes when our guests will include the Bishop of Elphin, Kevin Dorn. We'll be joined by the Chairperson of Sligo Rovers, Tommy Higgins. And we'll have live music as well, courtesy of Mark McGovern. Now, Niall Delaney with good conversation and where your opinion matters. Call with your comments on 0818 365 500 or text 083 3500 530. Ocean FM. Ocean FM. Go. No, 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 it's great. Yeah. Great, yeah. Did, did you realise when you took over the position how much was involved? Or? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of my. No, but it's got very professional, the whole game. Yeah. And it's got very. It's very yeah. That it's, uh, it's quite a. Um, it's totally changed, and that's across the board, which is a great thing. And then we have all the ladies' football teams. We had a new um, yeah. ladies' football team this year, senior team, and they did extremely well for the great, first yeah. season. Yeah. And uh, to me, I think it's great because you're introducing a lot more variety into the club, more families coming to it, and it yeah. brings a great atmosphere. And uh, we're fully embracing it. Yeah, fully okay. embracing it. Yeah. So, what 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 do you be at this type of day? I mean, is it is it moving and shaking, preparing for the new season, it, looking it at is, players? It, it is. Yeah, there's there's all that recruitment that goes on at the present. Well, then John uh, John Russell, the manager. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what he's involved with at present. And uh, I just see he's completed his uh, European coaching course. Just there, I saw a photograph up last night. And uh, then for the, you know, it once it's finished, it starts all over again. You know, the fixtures are out, I think, next week. So then you start planning for, you know, where you're travelling to. There's a, we'd be going to Cork now this year. Yeah. Uh, they're back in the league again. So you'll be looking at all the different uh, different fixtures, etc. So um, it, it just, it, I say, it's non-stop. But it's good, you know. Yeah. And it's, it, there's a great atmosphere and there's wonderful supporters. You know, well, there, it's, it's been a stellar year. Yeah, uh, no trophies, a, but I mean, the European run alone was a huge boost to the it club was and fantastic. to the fans. You know, I, you know, and I, I was just—I I started looking at some of the the clips of the match in that first ballot game, and I looked at it, and every bad decision and every bit of bad luck for the past 50 years we got it back there in, in, in injury time and we qualified for two more European games after that which yeah. was wonderful for the whole town and for everything else during the summer so it was a great unfortunately we didn't qualify for next year but we're going to give it a go for the following year we'll, yeah. have, a, we'll have a good rattle next year uh, which, which, which also which always keeps the fans interest but you have a great fan base haven't you and always have and, that's, and you could see that in the the meeting you had in the Claring the other night. There's, yes, there's a well, great we, interest in the club. The, there is a great interest. Well, I mean, it, see, the, the club is owned by the fans. Yeah. That, and it's a model that I One really of the like. Few. You know, and now we're, there's only two of us left, I think, ourselves and Bohemians that are fan owned. But it's very difficult to keep a club going fan owned when you don't yeah. have, uh, you know, um, um, outside finance coming into the club, which other clubs do have. But. Um, yeah, we, we decided to have that night for the fans because it's their it's their club and to ask and we asked we answered every question that was asked. I think it was very successful, and uh, they enjoyed it. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. And, and, and you take all opinions on board. I mean, there's... It's, well, I'm sure the, it's the good, bad and the ugly, so but we're, you're used like to it. The people that are there, which are running the club, they're, they're only custodians going from one yeah. to, the, to, the, to the next group of people come along and bring the club to the next stage, you know. So our, our big, what we're at at the present now, as well as looking after the, 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 the team and the club and recruiting, which is extensive at present, uh, then we're looking at the, the redevelopment of the showgrounds, which is, we've applied for yeah, planning we've, permission. We've seen the plans, which are hugely impressive, as we know. <laughs> yes, uh, we, uh, but you look, at it's an ambitious club, and if you're not ambitious, what's the point? Yeah. You know, that's my view on it. And it's as easy to do... Uh, um, a, a good job is a bad job, you know. So why be mediocre? And I think the fans deserve it. Yeah. And uh, we have a vision for the club. With the, uh, in order to compete with the bigger guys out there, we have to bring more income into the club. And what we have done, and what we are attempting to do with this, uh, with the with the redevelopment plans, will, um, what we hope, uh, secure the future of the club for years to come. And that's that's the idea. Not but easy hard to get the finance for it, but we will do it. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out. But but players still want to come to Sligo Rovers and play for Sligo Rovers, Ah, they do, yeah. It's yeah. a good club and we look after them very well when they're there. I mean, Colin Feely is our CEO. He's brilliant there looking after the players. They're appreciated and, you know, all the, the staff that we... We have a small staff that are working there, but I think they they really like it and uh, they're well looked after here. And the, the fans are very good to them as well, too. Yeah. So your aims, Renee, I don't like asking you what, what, what would you consider a successful season next year. Um... Well, you, our, you, our, like, our aim like every year is to get into Europe. Okay, I mean, that's, that's you, number you, one. You, that's you know, get into Europe, and then yeah. you, naturally, from the first game, you're going for the you're going for the title. Yeah, you know, uh, outside that, and then after that, it would be you know you want to qualify for Europe. That's, okay. That's the that, that's important. The, you know, after the success of this summer, you know, everybody is is gasping for to get back, to get back at it again, yeah, of including myself. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Of course, financially, it's important as well. Mm. You know, that's, and fans. Well, would look, be... I, I know we, we were up in Norway there, and I just, you know, the, there's a shortage of finance in the league as well too, and, and it's quite difficult. I was just talking to the guys in in Stavanger up there, and they get two million euros a year from the government just for the academy. Yeah. And they've got a stadium that's built by the city. You know, we have to try and find, we're trying to figure out and finance all that ourselves. Yeah, so that's something maybe that the... No, I, know, I know Norway's a very wealthy country and have a huge big... Um, you have a few, huge fund and they're, they're rolling the money with the oil money, etc. But it, that's a lot of money going into an academy. We yeah. only get a fraction of that in every year, so... Right, OK. But it's have, good. Have you been watching the World Cup? No doubt you have. I have. I'm, I'm guilty. I'm saying I'm guilty. Yeah. <laughs> it's been. A, I think it's been a fabulous World Cup. I think that's uh, yeah, the general opinion. I've seen a lot, a lot of, of them now. You know, I, yeah. I, it's been very, very good. It's the, the 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 play is open. It's not defensive stuff, and all teams have gone out to win. And I think it's very good. And now that the last four games, you're down to the business end of it now, at present Nile. And uh, uh, I, you know, I it's wide open. I couldn't. I, I couldn't say if you asked me to bet. I would be the war dead locally um, the memorial is now up well, I would hope maybe over the Christmas period that families would go up and uh, visit it because uh, spend a few minutes up there it's up in Cleavera. Uh we're delighted the way it has turned out uh, we will be having an official opening ceremony in the spring you don't want to go up there in the cold and it's dark and etc when it's uh, miserable but so we uh, we will have a, an official opening with the, in the springtime yeah. alright ok well, that's been a very progressive campaign, that's not a committee involved. It, I mean, it, it's good, and again, we got great support from people all over the world, where there's, you know, there were people who had rel relatives and great-uncles and grand-uncles, etc. Uh, and uh, we, you know, we were, were pleased we got it done in, what, about three years, and even, we were delayed maybe a year with COVID, etc. But it's yeah. up now, and it's, uh, and it, it's, the setting is lovely over there at Cleaver, I must say, and everybody's very pleased with it. Yeah. All right, yeah. just, just thought, before we finish, a thought struck me, my, Tommy Fleming was in studio with us live last week, and a question came in about him performing live in Star Records, years ago and somebody was looking for a copy of the song he sang in Star Records and he said that you might remember but in, in any case do you do you miss Star Records and Christmas time and how busy it oh, was it was, and, it was brilliant at Christmas time you yeah. know I mean, you, you did all your business in three weeks for the whole year if you didn't get that right and it was just manic but in those days, everybody bought records. Yeah. So it was the best Christmas present you could ever get for 10 or 15 quid, whatever, a CD or a... Yeah. Well, back further, I was doing eight-track cassettes. So I, I, the first, uh, we opened that in 1974. That was the first, uh, the first, uh, uh, first Christmas there. So um, 
But uh, the whole thing has changed now. I, I think it's better now. You have everything under the sun. Do you Spotify. think so? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. have far more choice. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, you know, on Spotify and on all the, all the YouTube, etc. You have far more choice for uh, for listening to music and new artists coming along, and it's a great platform for for new artists showing their wares, etc. Yeah. yeah. So you don't miss going into record stores, having a browse, and. See what's an awful not not no anymore. I've enough. Like, I listen to an awful lot of stuff when I'm traveling in the car. So yeah. I, I have a dirt the music at present, yeah. you know. So and the same with you at home. I have my mm. television hooked up to a, the sound system, and I have a YouTube, etc. So yeah, I still love music. Absolutely adore it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. Okay. Tommy, thanks for dropping by this morning. Continue success to you, and, you and all involved with Slide Rovers, and let's hope. Uh, uh, European qualification and maybe a trophy as well oh, on the cars yeah. next year. Oh, we'll have a go at it anyway. Now. I'm sure Thank you will. Very much Thanks indeed. very Thank much you. for dropping me. Tommy Higgins, their chairperson of Sligo Rovers Football Club. Right, uh, Mark McGovern's with us as well. We'll we'll have a chat with you, Mark, first before a song. Um, tell us about the, the concert in the Castle Dargan, which is taking place uh, on the 15th. Perfect. So, so the uh, Christmas concert is for all ages. It's an invaluable resource, especially in the west of Ireland, where you don't get many resources like that in particular. Absolutely. And then. Alongside the so Northwest Stop, it's a voluntary community-based organisation, works to help prevent suicide by informing, educating, and promoting positive mental health. And as regarding the lineup itself, yeah, there is going to be Eve Anderson herself, the organiser, and she she was going to be here with me this morning. She's feeling a little bit unwell, but she's on the mend. She's back to 100% almost now. Uh, she just messaged me there, and we have I'm going to be playing in there as well. We have Jonathan Carter and his daughter Kirsten Carter. Yeah. Sarah Crummy, got Shauna McStravick, Karen Gordon, and also the Julie Note Choir, run by Jonathan Carter, Adam Williams, and James Fallon. So please come support this vital service in our great community and have a great festive night. Yeah, a Christmas concert with Eva Anderson and guests in the Castle Dargan, 15th of December, as Mark says, in aid of Northwest Stop. Right, you're going to do some some tunes for us. Absolutely. So I'm Again, going to. Christmassy, we're told. Yeah, Is that right, Mark? Absolutely. Going to keep the festive spirit going. So. I'm going to finish out by doing Driving Home for Christmas. Great. Cra- Chris Rea number. It's going to go a little bit like this. I'm driving home for Christmas, yeah Well, I'm moving down the line And it's been so long But I will be there to sing the song To pass the time away Driving in my car Driving home for Christmas It's gonna take some time But I'll get there Top to toe and tailbacks Oh, I got red lights on the run But soon there'll be a freeway, yeah Get my feet on holy ground So I sing for you Though you can't hear me when I get through And feel you near me Driving in my car Driving home for Christmas Driving next to me He's just a sing He's just a sing
Fantastic, Mark. Thanks for joining us and thanks for dropping by this morning. Good luck uh, with the concert as well. That's uh, Mark uh, McGovern there. A um, couple of texts. Uh, we haven't got around to even half the amount of texts we got this morning. Bus service to Car Road to someone in relation to the councillors. Uh, Nigel, we don't need councillors. We should get rid of them all. They're a complete waste of money. Not able to do anything anymore. We're run by the EU, whether we like it or not. Um, we should have been keeping our cancer services 12 years ago. How do they possibly hope to get it back now? They're a complete and utter joke. Uh, ask uh, the councillors about um, the situation in Devon's Drive in Sligo, the housing situation there. Do any of the councillors understand the co-housing model? Asks someone else. Uh, someone else says, or Barry says, isn't it amazing, Niall, this morning that not one councillor mentioned the most significant development in Sligo of the year, the creation of a university in Sligo. It is very uh, disappointing. And it goes on and on like that. Oh yeah, and there was one more I wanted to read out in relation to uh, Bishop Dorn and something he said during our interview. I, if I can scroll up and get uh, that particular message this morning. Um, let's see if I can find out. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay. Um, could, yeah, could you please all my, pass on my sincere thanks and appreciation to Bishop Kevin Dorn. I was in hospital with my newborn, ba- newborn baby Christmas morning 2021. He came in and blessed my baby. I received Holy Communion. I would have not have gotten to Mass. It was so special on that day. I still have the picture. Our family really appreciate all Bishop Doran's work in the parish. Okay, that's about it for this morning. I'd like to thank uh, all the staff and management of the Glasshouse Hotel here in Sligo for hosting us here this morning. Uh, to all our guests, the councillors Rosie O'Grady, uh, Tom McSharry, Declan Bree, Gino Boyle and Arthur Gibbons. Uh, Councillor Sinead Maguire, unavoidably absent, as I say, uh, this morning. Uh, to Bishop Kevin Dorn, uh, to Tommy Higgins and to Mark McGovern here for our live music uh, this morning. Uh, Margaret produced, as per usual, assisted by uh, Donald Ryan. Uh, Mark Halton has been looking after our social media this morning. And Daniel Bannon, of course, is our master technician. And so my thanks to all of them also, and indeed for all their help over our series of outside broadcasts across all uh, council electoral areas in our area uh, over the past, what, 10 weeks we've been on the road now, five electoral areas. So that's it for this morning and for this week. We're back on Monday morning next at the usual time of nine o'clock with lots of interesting guests already lined up.